Ashley, good evening. Hi, Jay. What's new? Oh, so I had I had the interview thing. After this was just after uh, you had a phone call first, right? Right. I had the preliminary call, and that's the one where at the end I lampshaded things. I mm -hmm. told them I'm transgender, by the way. And uh, and they said that's no problem. Yeah, yeah, I said yeah, that's fine. Okay, doesn't make it any difference to us. So I believe that I had asked subsequently if you felt like they knew what that word meant because you've encountered a number of people who don't, and you seemed pretty it's confident mostly, that they did. I mean, not to put too fine a point on it, but it's mostly old people who don't know what that word means. Right. Yeah, I think that's what you said last time. Right. Yeah. So I had the in-person one. Well, sort of a lunch interview. Okay. And uh, yeah, went fine. Is it a job yeah. that you want? Or do you just feel like you need to have an income? It is. I think it's a pretty good company, and it does seem to be a job I want. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Can I just say, I think this is the second most girly I've ever seen your hair. Oh. What? 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 Did, you, did they do something different at the hairstylist the last time you went, or is it just that much longer? I flat ironed it. Oh, maybe that has something to do with it. Oh, flat irons are so awesome. Is this the first time you used one? No, it's the first time on the show, maybe. Okay. But uh, it is not a quick process, necessarily. No. Yeah. But the results are addictive. How so? Because even a troll can look hot with a flat iron. <laughs> what is it that ma that makes you like your appearance more? Well, it's a perpetual grass is greener thing. Mm. So my hair is naturally wavy. Mm-hmm which annoys me and so I like it to be straighter so that it can okay. I could style it better and right okay yeah well just be happy that it obeys gravity you're better off than some of us are yeah I would have an afro if my hair was any longer <gasps> Jay with an afro that's not good okay <laughs> I could show you some pictures from high school yeah um all right so I got my ears pierced that's awesome I know, yay! You were uh, talking a while ago about whether you were going to have loops or dingly danglies or uh, yeah, some yeah, third right. kind. And I mean, I for the for the time being, I only have studs, so it's kind of boring. And I've got well, you're well, probably given he... some more thought to the kind you want, though. I wouldn't be surprised if you had already bought some that you're going to replace the studs with. No, I mean, if I had an income, maybe. Mm, mm. But, uh, and, and granted, earrings, especially costume jewelry and the like, uh, are not terribly expensive. But right. nonetheless, eh, I figure I'll come to that when I come to it. Okay. But I'm kind of leaning towards hoops. Or, I keep wanting to say loops because that's what they are to me. Mm. But common linguistics are toward hoops so yeah, i'm I trying so. to rejigger my yeah. my brain what have you determined to be a reasonable diameter uh 1.68 inches are you just messing with me <laughs> uh only only slightly actually well um, because i mean i never put much stock into it but there was the old feeling when i was growing up that the bigger the hoop the more promiscuous the girl well that's that's a that's bullshit yeah well i know yeah, okay. But I'm sure that you encountered something like that when you were uh, thinking about I what mean, kind I was, of hoops I was asking a few friends about it on uh, Twitter, and some yeah. of them sort of said that in jest, but... Okay. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. For, oh, so, so you were asking, though, about... Um, oh, yeah, about the diameter. 
Right. So there is some theory around, uh, well, as you may be aware, if you have uh, sunglasses, there are certain styles that fit different size styles of faces better. Okay. Yeah. If you're curious at all, roughly you want one that's the opposite of your face. If you have round face, you want square sunglasses. Ooh. And if you have a squared off face, you want rounded sunglasses. That's, that's the very basics of the rule of thumb. Th that was sunglasses. And then, so earrings are, I was thinking, well, there surely are some rules that are an analogous, I guess. Oh, sure. Yeah. And so I checked online and there are some sites that say if you have this face shape do this and hmm. this face shape do this that the tough part is that i'm not exactly certain which face shape i have well it's rounder than mine well okay so shall i permutate the or list the different sure. face shapes because obviously so there's uh oval there's round there's i don't know if it's called square or or rectangular hmm. And there's also uh, triangular or heart-shaped mm, thing. Okay. Right. So at any rate, various face shapes, and there are different recommendations for different types and so on. So the, the main difficulty I had was just figuring out which face shape I had and then to go from there to figure out the other bits. But I did read one site that went over various uh, bits of advice and then also went on to say that um, hoops with a diameter of, uh, or as they put it, golf ball sized hoops look mm. good on almost all face shapes. Okay. And a golf ball is, a regulation golf ball is 1.68 inches in diameter. Oh, wow. Good yes. brain. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, so that's, that's probably about the diameter I'll be going for. Okay. What have you been doing with your free time as it relates to your transgender journey? I mean, I've, I've been continuing to see my gender counselor, Felicia. Hmm. I'm at the point now, uh, I don't know if I had mentioned this, where I go to group sessions with uh, other trans women. No, oh, okay. That's news. Yeah, I've actually been doing that since uh, maybe six months now. Okay, maybe, maybe you had mentioned it then. I find that yeah. uh, a lot of the times you'll say something and ask, have I mentioned this before? And I'll say no, but then I found out during editing that you did. So 50-50 <laughs> chance there. Yeah. At any rate, so I mean, on the off chance, maybe I hadn't mentioned, I mean, with the group sessions, naturally there's less one-on-one -on -one time with Felicia, but it's also more of a group environment, obviously. And I guess one advantage is that you sort of get the other perspective of other trans women and, and their various respective transitions. Uh, it also so happens that um, Felicia charges a little bit less for, for group sessions. That makes sense. Yeah. So while I'm trying to, I don't know about pinch pennies, but I'll, you know, take a close ride in my budgets and so mm -hmm. on, um, I've continued seeing Felicia. Uh, because it's it's an expense that is not too bad. Okay. As far as other bits of my transition, one of the things I've been wanting to do was to uh, perhaps see a speech therapist mm -hmm. to improve on my voice and so on. And it's sort of a a happy yet sad thing, which is to say, okay, hey, I've got all this free time in which mm -hmm. to see a speech therapist. But I I mean, it's undoubtedly not a cheap thing. Right. And so that's something that I can't really justify doing right now. Damn. 
because I'm thinking, eh, it's, it's, maybe it's going to be, I don't know, what were we thinking, 60, 75 bucks an hour, what were we estimate? That was a totally wild guess on my part, though. Yeah. I mean, but that sounds... It couldn't hurt to call and ask. Yeah. That's true. But even so, it's not a one-off thing either. It's no. going to be... And it's probably one of the things that comes with a lot of homework, so you wouldn't want to take, like, an intensive course because going you know, five times a week wouldn't be any better than spacing it out over six weeks or so. Right, right. Although, on the other hand, I often hear from trans women in general over the internet or forums or whatever that when undergoing speech therapy it helps if you've already gone through your transition at work and so on, in the sense that you can then affect your voice all the time rather than having to switch back and forth between your gender presentation of your voice. Sort of like if someone is learning a new language, that if you go to a foreign country in which they speak that language, and you speak it all the time, you can get much better at it. Selfishly, are you never going to bother uh, affecting your voice while we're recording until you've gone through speech therapy classes and feel like you're perfect at it? Like, is it all or nothing for you? Because <laughs> I imagine you're not going to get any negative reinforcement from me if you flub something. Yeah, that's true. Sure. Ryan. Wait, tell me the question again, because I, I don't know, I spaced out or something. I missed... <laughs> I got part um, of it in my brain, but part of it went out the other ear. So, in, in other words, why not uh, use our little show here as a forum for practicing? That is a pretty good idea. <laughs> okay. I feel like I brought it up like six months ago and you said, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to freestyle it, I should say. Hmm. I'm not going to, because there are certain techniques and so on that there are, I guess, statistically a certain range of pitches in which males typically speak and a certain range of pitches in which okay. women typically speak. And so there is sort of an overlap depending on your particular biology and so on. Yeah. And that's sort of what a lot of speech therapy goes for, okay. which all sounds obvious probably. Hmm. But part of it is that part of what you want to do, of course, is you want to get into that range, but you don't really want to go too high into mm -hmm. like a falsetto, for example, because then yeah, that just sounds... Good even worse yeah and so yeah i mean i think i'll go for try things out on the show cool and of course i mean this is not my natural speaking pitch either the one you're using right now no no not exactly i mean I, say say the same sentence both ways if you wouldn't mind okay so say the same sentence both ways say the same sentence both ways Hmm. All right. Yeah, I actually had to think about that one. Sure. And I, but now that I, but I'm more used to actually speaking this way. Okay. Yeah, it's mostly a matter of taking some of the resonance out of my voice, which I'm able resonance. to do. Hmm. Which I find helps a bit, maybe. But is resonance the thing that I think of as a uh, grittiness? Like reverberation. Yeah. Okay. Like. The reverberation within your, your lungs, within your trachea, and so on. That singing in the showers kind of sound. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So earlier you spaced out for a second, 
And um, earlier right. today, or maybe the day before, you mentioned something about your adult brain, which right, is yeah. not s something about your brain that you would have ever said two years, three years, four years ago. I mean, I've always thought of you as my friend with the steel trap brain. <laughs> Do you think there's anything about your homo hormone treatments that are affecting your ability to think clearly or remember things? No, I think in that case, the email that I had written to you was maybe at 11 p.m. or midnight, mm -hmm. and my ADD medication had long worn off by then. Oh, so okay. I think it was mostly a function of that. Maybe I was tired. So maybe I mean, I there, but my... there were there were a few times I noticed maybe four or five months after you started hormone therapy that you'd be IMing me during the day, mm. and there would be a typo, and that's not something you had ever done before. So I noticed. I'm like, oh my god, that doesn't look right. I'm like, Did yeah, you, you know, you just made a typo there, and then you're like, ah, oh, whatever, no big deal. But it just it like kept happening, and this is <laughs> the so most benign criticism ever. But only because you had never done it before was it yeah. was it kind of shocking. I think so. maybe I was. I don't know, nervous is not really the right term. Or anxious or mm. jumpy or just on edge or whatever from the transition and so on. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Okay. But my brain's pretty much been working okay. Yeah. As, many, as far as I know. Right. Speaking of gender therapy, there was a time back, I think, during Thanksgiving, maybe it also happened over Christmas, winter family time, where mm. your parents seemed to think that uh, Felicia was a bad influence on you. I don't know if I'd use the term bad influence. Well, you wouldn't because you don't think that, that she is, but I think your parents think she's a bad influence. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd use that phrase. My parents. He said, "Well, because in bad influence, I think of like, you know, your daughter is dating Fonzie or something, and he has the stereotypes and bad influence stuff going on. Okay. And Fonzie's, of course, cool, but you know, the the bad, bad influence. You know, yeah. am, I, am I making any sense? It's, no. it's so. It's it's not that they think Felicia is malicious." Okay. or anything of the sort. They seem to think that she's maybe entrancing me or tricking me or hmm. what have you. Uh, are, are you asking in allusion to the, the tweet I had the other day yeah. around this? So my dad says, will you be continuing to see Felicia? You've done everything she's told you to do. And it's it seems that my, my dad thinks that she's whispering in my ear or whatever or giving me these ideas or you should go you should do mm -hmm. hormones yes no need to resist you are under my spell blah 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 but it, it, which of course is it's it's absurd and and hurtful i suppose that mm -hmm. i mean in part for instance the hormone thing i'm thinking about that sounds like 16. i think the, the phrase you mentioned before the first time you brought it up was that you felt like your parents didn't trust your autonomy your ability to make your own decisions. Right. Yeah, and that's that's sort of the other thing that they seem to think that I I'm not able to make these types of decisions for myself. Well, in order or... for your dad's theory, lowercase T, to be true, uh, you would have had to go to see Felicia the first time, and it would have had to been her idea, like she found you on the street and took you in her office and said, "Hey, you look like a person who wants to change her gender. Let me tell you all about it." And then or, gave you some or, special I mean, Kool-Aid to drink. In yeah, or or it could be something like I had gone to see her on my own 
not knowing a direction of where I had wanted to go. And she had mm -hmm. pressured me into doing things, which is, of course, not true. Does your dad have a generally positive view of therapy in general? I think he does, but he does not have a realistic view of what it is to be transgender. Mm -hmm. He seems to think that being transgender is a state of mind or a choice, as it were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, in the course of discussions with my parents and with my dad, one thing I brought up to my dad at one point was the DSM, which have we talked about that? Yes. Right. Diagnostic and statistical manual, mm -hmm. and how gender dysphoria is included in that. And so my dad, my dad's retort was along the lines of, "Well, since the nineteen seventies, the DSM has seen an increase in size of thirty percent, or or some figure." And you can't, you can't think that all of that is for real. What? What? There's no corollary there. No, that's complete bullshit. Does he also think that your cousin Guy is making a choice about being gay? He probably does think that. Hmm. It's a shame. It, it is. But as far as the thing with my dad and asking if I would continue to see Felicia, yeah, I think what is also kind of odd is that my dad seems to think that, first of all, I've done everything I've that she's told me. Or yeah, whatever, yeah. Quote. But also he seems to think that there's nothing more for me to do. And granted, I've transitioned at work, I'm full-time, and I'm, I'm on HRT. But of course, there's that pesky thing about the support of my parents. Mm. And I very much want to continue going to see Felicia and the group and the other girls to get feedback and uh, so on as far as how I deal with those types of issues going forward. Okay, suffice it to say, you and Felicia haven't run out of things to talk about. No, no. But it did make things weird when I was explaining to my dad that, yes, I would continue to see her. Mm. Because, mm. I said, because I'm still trying to, what, how did I put it? Still trying to work through my transitioner, I don't know, something mm. like that. Yeah. Which, I guess, is true-ish. But it was, yeah. Extrapolating a bit, do you think that he thinks that if you were to stop talking to Felicia, you would change your mind about some things? He might think that. Like the brainwashing the, would wear off? Yeah, maybe, yeah. It, it's like you ask him what 2 plus 2 is, and he says pineapple. I mean, it's like, you. how does he get from A to B? Yeah. So, I, want fi I want to fix it for you. Well, thank you, Jay. Which is <coughs> a perfectly helpless male response. <laughs> Yeah, kind of, but yeah. I, I know what your sentiment is. So so there's this other thing, Jay. Uh, there's another tweet, hmm. um, which uh, just is based off of another phone call with my dad. And my dad says, um, we don't condone what you're doing, but, but we accept it. And we being, of course, my dad and my mom. And then after a moment, he says, there's a difference, you know. As if to emphasize that, like, we put up with it, but we still think it's a bad idea or whatever. I am running through the nuances of those words in my head. Uh, and he says, um, we're, we're, we're not pleased with your decision, but we, but we realize you aren't going to change your mind. 
And so many of the replies I had on Twitter were along the lines of, oh, hey, that's progress. Your dad is accepting it. And, and I guess in some sense it is, but I, I mean, sometimes you'll hear people say that it wasn't so much what so-and-so said, it was how they said it. Uh-huh. And that was sort of how I approached some of this, that I found it kind of hurtful when my dad said that. That um, Tell me about the context. Was it in response to a direct question you asked, or did he bring it up himself? And if so, what was the prefix? I think my dad had asked, um, oh, so what did you do this past weekend? And I mentioned a couple of things. He said, oh, and I had a group session with Felicia. And then he asked me a thing about, oh, are you going to continue to see Felicia, because uh. you've done everything. And then he kind of rounded things out with, we don't condone what you're condone. doing, but, but we accept it. Yeah. What do, you, what do you think you meant by condone? Well, I would not be surprised if my dad feels that it's a sin to be transgender. A sin? Oh, the Catholic. Well, he's Catholic. Thing. I mean, I'm right. not, but right. in sort of the general sense, he probably thinks it's inappropriate. My dad, that would be a phrase I could see my dad using unbecoming i don't know i'm just kind of inferring words that i'm putting into his mouth here sure yeah i guess that's not really fair um i don't know that i ever asked this before do you think that part of their friction pushback has anything to do with them trying to save your soul no i doubt it i mean my family is religious ish i mean they'll go to services a couple times a month and my dad believes in God and so on, mm -hmm. but um, they're not judgmentally uh, or judgmental about religion. Okay. Mm -hmm. For instance, I was, I was speaking much on, on the last show about the, the yarmulkes and how my oh, dad... Right. Yeah, so he's, he's very accepting of well, certainly people who are theists as opposed to me. It took you guys quite a while to, to get past that too as a family, didn't it? Like you had at least a year of conflict about your atheism well it was one of these things where i mentioned it to my parents and from that point forward they just kind of didn't bring it up oh so they sort of had their heads in the sand about that for a while because mm -hmm. i'm jumping back but in my head condone means endorse yes endorse even up to like recommend to friends and family Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it would be like in in my head, in, endorsing plus a little bit more, like like you'd almost be proud of it. Like, hey, I have a I have a new daughter. Oh, I see. Yeah. It could just mean, um, you know, reluctantly agreeing. Their body language and so on around Thanksgiving and around winter family time, kind of conveyed to me that they had. I don't know if accept is even. What kind of body language are we talking about? Like crossed arms, furrowed brows? It w well, it was almost a lack of body language. It was that they would talk to me just like I was the same person I was 10 years ago, or, or at least presenting as the same person as I was 10 years ago. And so they would not have a furrowed brow. They would not be criticizing my clothes but in fact they would be making no mention of my clothes at all nor would they be mentioning my right name or my right pronouns or okay well like name name and pronouns aside because yes. they totally understand yeah. that yeah 
Were you hoping for compliments on your more feminine clothes? Would you were you hoping for hey, awesome toenails? Did you want like extra hugs or cuz personality-wise, would you say that you're still roughly the same but with a different gender? Uh, in terms of liking compliments? Who doesn't like No, in, in terms of liking nice web design or the TV show The Shield or uh or fun cars or you know, cuz you I mean, you have all the same memories. You haven't been reinvented right. as a whole, as a person. Yeah, yeah. So when you say that they would treat you the same way that you used to be treated. Right. Like, I could think that it, it might be much worse. If they were to all of a sudden have totally different conversations with you because they thought you were a totally different person. Oh, I see. Now, they, they seem to think that I'm cross-dressing or mm -hmm. among other guesses into their psyche and so they treat me as as if i have not changed at all i guess mm. do you think that it would be helpful at all if you were to say to your dad that felicia made a recommendation that you didn't follow up on does felicia make recommendations or does she just give you a sounding board and you know lots she'll of... offer ideas like here are some options you could try okay Usually, usually in response to, do you have any ideas about such and how, how you could handle this or what have mm. you? Do you think your dad would be more comfortable or more understanding if Felicia had made a suggestion or given you some options that you didn't follow up on? To prove that you were not in her thrall. I could do that, but it would probably not help just in the sense that the suggestions that Felicia may have, the ones that I happen to set aside or ones that I ascertain to be ineffective for my parents or hmm. I mean for instance one of the things that's been one of the things that's been frustrating for me is that my parents don't call me by the right name yeah and so I've asked Felicia about it and of course she's never met my parents so she is kind of going off of a more general case mm -hmm. but she mentioned that when I'm around them, if they call me by the wrong name, I could, for example, not respond to that name. Right. And I think I, I, think I recommended the same thing at one point. It could be, yeah. But and, it's clearly uh, passive aggressive, which I got yeah. the impression you wanted to avoid being. Right, yeah. And it's the type of thing where it may, the effectiveness of that technique may depend on how close someone is to becoming an ally. That if someone is supportive and wants to use the right name for me, that if they, by mistake, call me by the wrong name and I don't respond, then that may just trigger in their head, oh, my bad, I called Ashley by the wrong name. But with my parents, it may just irk them. Do you get the feeling sometimes that in order for you to get to a more comfortable place with your parents, it has to get worse first? Like, maybe it's an acceptable risk to have them be irked. I really struggle with that. Yeah. Because, so just to kind of follow through on the, I guess, the condoning thing and so mm -hmm. on, that part of what made me sad is that my dad seemed to think that this wasn't the way I was born, that this was something I chose or whatever. Mm -hmm. And given that I've tried all the ideas I can to try to convey that to him, including just 
science, like straight up mm. DSM. It's listed in there. That yeah. should be pretty much case closed for most people. But yet he swatted that away with his cognitive dissonance. Mm. And so even if they weren't to call me by the right name right away, it would be I would really like it if they would just even acknowledge that this is not just a whim for me. This is not just, oh, I thought this would be fun. I mean, what, what form could it take for your parents to acknowledge that it wasn't a whim, that it wasn't a phase? Say we're going out to dinner at some fancy restaurant, and I go change and whatever. And maybe my mom says to me, oh, hey, you know, your, your red shoes might go better with that outfit than the blue shoes. They're like, oh, thanks, mom, you know. Mm. But at the moment, my mom would just not say anything because she thinks I'm wearing a costume or something. Or maybe your shoes look fine with that outfit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but just in general, if, if they were to try to help me along. Mm. Are there other people in your life who haven't made an effort to help you along but do use the right name and pronouns. I mean, for instance, coworkers use the right name and pronouns, but with most of my coworkers, I my relationship to them is as a coworker, mm -hmm. and so we don't necessarily hang out just anyway. So that's not that they've been excluding me or anything. It's just not that type okay. of thing. In the more general sense, though, people who are supportive are supportive for the most part that people who call me by the right name and use the right pronouns generally are kind of cheering me on and want to help me through this and mm. yeah there was a mutual friend we haven't talked about i think since maybe the second or third episode that had an, the initial response of you know this is fine i understand it i'm not I don't know that I can call you Ashley yet because I don't see you that way yet. Right, yes. Has that has that changed at all? That has changed. But they're in a relationship now. Okay. And their partner has always been supportive. And so I'm not sure if they simply came about it on their own or if it was their partner who kind of help convince this person or through peer pressure or whatever to call me by the right name. Being convinced isn't the worst thing in the world. But if you think that uh, that they're doing well, it disingenuously, that's something else entirely. I don't think it's disingenuous now. Okay. There may have been a point where they were kind of playing along to appease their partner, but now it's maybe, certainly now it's completely supportive as I understand. Okay. If your parents were to use the right name and pronouns, would that be the ultimate goal? Or would you still want events like your mom suggesting a different color shoes to happen in order for their support of you to seem like it's 100%? Oh, goodness. If they use the right name and pronouns, that would be, that would be the zenith with my okay. parents. You think that's the last thing to happen? Do you think that you'll get recommendations about strappy spaghetti dress before that happens? They would probably, if anything, start using my name first. Yeah. That usually with people who, that seems to usually be the, the process. And not so much that other people haven't been supportive, but sometimes they're not aware of all the customs or they're just kind of catching on or whatever. Hmm. Okay. 
But so maybe they would use my name first. Because for someone to use the right pronouns for me, that really is an acknowledgement of my gender. Mm -hmm. Because a name is a name to some extent. But to, to call me she really conveys that they accept me as my gender. What would it take to make you sort of flip out and raise your voice and say, God damn it, I'm a woman. If they were to if they were to ask me to change my clothes, I might do that. Yeah. Or if they were to ask me to undo what I've done. Yeah. Like if they were to ask me to have my friends call me by my birth name or something. Hmm. That would, that yeah. would not I would I couldn't go along with that. But you don't think that the status quo, as it is remaining for several more what months, years would build up a pressure of metaphoric acid in your body and then then you'll just freak out one day i'm not one to lose my temper so i can't say that i'm expecting that to happen at some point but this is the first time i've gone through a transition mm, and so i can't really be sure i mean i do know that it's becoming more and more frustrating even just already i don't know i mean one thing i've started to think about is that so my parents came to visit in October, mm -hmm. and on the Saturday, I had sort of a barbecue in which I invited a bunch of friends and so on. And of course, my parents called me by the wrong name and the wrong pronouns. And I didn't I I kind of thought they might do that, and but I, I didn't realize what effect it would have on me. Mm. It was just profoundly embarrassing when they would do that mm. in front of my friends were you more embarrassed for yourself or for them i guess myself but maybe them it was hard to say for sure mm. i mean because what it conveyed of course is that the people who are i'm the absolute closest to in my life my own parents my mom and dad don't accept my gender it was heartbreaking it was embarrassing mm. i mean and so I'm wondering, I mean, my, my parents the past couple of years have come to visit me in the fall and I, I like their visits for the most part. But then if say they come this coming October, I don't know if I'm going to invite other friends over for like a Saturday barbecue thing. Right. Because especially there were a couple of friends who came over on, on this past October and, uh, my friend Tina brought her friend Lisa along, which is totally fine. I hadn't happened to have met Lisa before, but she was very nice. It was great mm -hmm. to have her over. But it was, it, it was, if nothing else, potentially confusing for her because I introduced myself one way and all of my friends call me by one name. My, my parents go call me by another name. So it, just in the sense of losing my temper or whatever, I mean, maybe that's... Mm -hmm. part of it i mean i don't know there might be a third option and it's clearly ridiculous but you could ask your parents if they're going to come over and visit uh, especially with people who have only ever known you as ashley mm. if you were to ask them to not use any pronouns or any names and just sort of poke you and say hey you and like will you go give this to the person who has the mortgage or <laughs> something like that if this was a Monty Python skit, that would be quite cromulent. But yeah. that would that would require not acknowledging that they had some need to 
accommodate me or to because as far as they seem to think that the whole idea is ridiculous and therefore they don't see any need to play along as it were well except recently they they did say that they know you're not going to change your mind so i think that that settles to rest the idea of them thinking that it's a phase but it, it still seems to me that they may think that quote-unquote cross-dressing is not yeah. a phase that I'm just gonna do that forever but of course that's not even on the face it what what's occurring mm. they they may accept that I wear different clothes than I did five years ago mm. but they don't seem to accept my gender because you, you would think that they would at least they'd use the right pronouns and such if they were to have unless accepted they it. were just angry about it and stubborn and ego-driven and feeling like they were sort of responsible and a whole bunch of other stuff that I've guessed about many times. Um, and you have more information about it than I do. I mean, I don't talk to them, so. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, those things may be true, but I don't know how that affects the outcome, I guess. Yeah. Uh well, we have a few minutes left if there's something ladylike you'd like to teach me. Oh, girly stuff? Sure. Yeah, sure. So I have uh, two jobbies. I like jobbies. I know. So do I. So <laughs> uh, the first one is this nail polish. It's, that's it's very bright. Uh, it is, for of. the people in the audio version, a light blue. I want to say uh, maybe baby bonnet blue. Maybe kind of, yeah, it's sort it's of, kind a, of sh- maybe grayish. It's kind of shiny. Blue, yeah. Is it grayish? Oh, all right, well. Well, it's my my silly webcam. The, the white balance is, is unconfigurable, and so. But, yeah, I actually picked out this nail polish because it very closely matches the color of one of my button-downs, which I'm going to be wearing for my lunch Monday follow-up. Oh, the interview thing. one. Okay, great. And this polish, do you want to guess the name of it? Or do I just tell you what it is? Uh, no, I don't want to guess. You tell me. Okay, this one is called Making Waves. And um, Making this waves. one is from Piggy Polish. A piggy? Yes. That's cute. Yeah. And it says, goes on toes. Oh, you got a ring. I do have a ring. That's the first time I've seen that ring. Yeah. I got this ring in November, I think. Okay. Yeah. It and says I'm... on the bottle, goes on toes? Yes. <laughs> get a piggy like oh okay yeah we, we we went to market whatever right right so i mean i had inferred that it also can go on fingers i should hope so yeah truth be told i picked out this polish primarily because i wanted to match the button down okay in fact what i did was i had the the top dry cleaned and i took it with me to ulta and then just kind of compared it right up against the various yeah. nail polishes to wow. try to get as close a match as I could. Did you did you wear it to the store or are you holding it on a hanger? No, I, I brought it straight from the dry cleaner. So it's on the, the hanger in the little plastic. Was that plan A? Or were you thinking, oh, I'll just take a picture of it with my cell phone? Oh, no, that was, that was pretty much plan A. Okay. Because I'm kind of a color nerd or whatever. Mm. I mean, I, I typically pay close attention to white balance and so on in my photographs. And I wouldn't have trusted the white balance on my phone. Okay. Because this is the kind of thing where if you get one that's a little too milky or a little too gray, you can just throw the whole thing off. 
Did so you I also research the lighting in the restaurant where you'll be having your interview? <laughs> I did not, but I figured that any white balance shift within the store would be equally applied to both the shirt and the Okay. Lighting. All right. It's possible the overhead lighting at the table will be different from the little sconce on the wall. It could be using different Kelvin numbers. <laughs> that is true. I don't know how that would have an effect on your right. nails versus shirt, though. But anyway, so yeah, piggy polish makes or make waves. And so the thing is, I like most of my polishes, and this one is, I guess, fine. Hmm. But it was a bit sheer for my tastes. It required, I think, three coats. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I picked this because it, it happened to match very well with my button down, but... You had to watch the extended edition of Lord of the Rings in order to apply it. Oh, just wait till the second jobby. <laughs> okay. What's the second jobby? So, I want to talk about how you can cheat when applying your nail polish. All right. Yeah. So, I got a chart. Okay. Base coat, 20 minutes. First coat, yeah. 20 minutes. Second coat and top coat, 30 to 45 minutes. Right, yeah. So this is like the way you're supposed to do nails, or uh -huh. at least the way I do it. This is sort of my gold standard, as it were. Okay, right. and then bed. Yeah, more or less. Or, I mean, because the 30 to 45 minutes, it's obviously like at least that much time. And so okay. if you watch an extra episode of 30 Rock or whatever, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you could go to bed at this point. So yeah, base coat, 20 minutes. First coat, 20 minutes, same coat and top coat at the same time. Yeah. So in, in all, I actually added up. And I mean, this is based on estimates of your base coat taking five minutes to apply. And then each your first coat and second coat taking 10 minutes to apply. Okay. So if you add all those up, it works out to about an hour and a half to two hours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we can go to stage two then. That if you have if you don't have that amount of time, yeah. All right, base coat ten minutes. First yeah. coat ten minutes. Second coat plus top coat twenty to thirty minutes. Now, when you say it's cheating, right? How do you mean? Because it looks like you're just not waiting as long. Well, that's true. You're not waiting as long, and what you don't get for free is that this will not be as durable a coat uh, or uh, mm. a, a polish. Okay. It'll chip more easily. Yeah, the the the, the first one. Yeah, that for is maybe that'll last me mm, four or five days without chips. I mean, of course, it depends on what your what activities you're doing, and so on. Um, the second one will probably last, which would be this guy. Mm -hmm. Probably last you a couple days. Two. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it may chip a little bit sooner, or maybe if you're very careful, it wouldn't chip quite as quickly as that. Mm. So, I mean, naturally, this is not what I would go for as as a as an ideal situation. But maybe so. This this version takes instead of an hour and a half to two hours, this one takes between an hour and an hour and a quarter. Okay. Yeah. Just enough time to watch um, uh, the Naked Gun thirty three and a third. Oh sure, yeah. And then we can we can keep peeling away from the onion. Okay. So then we got this version. Okay, it's phase C is a base coat, 10 minutes, single coat and top coat, 20 to 30 minutes. Right. Wait time. Yeah. So this one in total takes maybe 45 minutes to an hour. All right. And 
you're only doing a this one only calls for a single coat and top coat so it means that if you have a sheer polish yeah you may not get great coverage okay. out of it or if you have a very dark color you may not get very great coverage out of it why is it harder with a dark color if you have a color that's say a, a beige or a lighter color it's it's less noticeable if your nails start showing through because that's close to that color but if you have, say, a black or a forest green or a navy blue, okay, then those would require typically a good two coats, possibly three coats mm. normally. And so that would probably not be suitable to this kind of okay. cheating method yeah. of just basically a single coat and top coat. This one's about 45 minutes to an hour. And what you'll notice as I'm going through these is that I always include the top coat. Yes. That's assuming that you're using a top coat like uh, Sechevide, like this guy, because okay. that'll actually make it dry more quickly than it would without the top coat. So you're getting a net time savings by spending the quote-unquote time to apply mm -hmm. this top coat. This version with the single coat and top coat, it's kind of, so I would say, problematic at best, because by adding the second coat, of course, it uh, makes the color uh, fill in better, and so on but it also just strengthens the finish you have on your nails that by having say two coats or three coats it's not as likely to chip but if you have just the one coat it's, it can be quite thin and can chip even more easily am i right in thinking that all these different methods you actually practiced not i didn't do so any, any scientific basis like oh let's mr wizard this and see how long uh -huh. it lasts but it was out of necessity that okay Maybe I've chipped the shit out of one of my nails and I'm going to a party this evening and I've only got an hour. Oh, uh, I see. What, what steps can I cut out here? And then so base coat, single coat, plus top coat. All right. And so, I mean, that may last, I don't know, a, a, a day or two. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's really kind of suboptimal, but I mean, it is there. Out of curiosity, how many chips would you have to notice on your nails before you would wipe it all clean and start over? Well, do you mean start over on that nail or start over on the whole set? Okay, good good follow-up. Uh, I didn't even consider doing just one nail. Yeah, because, oh, you remember the, the nail polish condom from last time? I do now. Yeah. Okay. So you All can, right. you have the option of doing... Is that what you do most of the time? You just do touch-ups? Um, and you only change when you feel like changing the color? I will, I will change my color every week as sort of a matter of course. Hmm. Oftentimes, it'll last about a week and then I'm ready to change it, and it works out fine. Because, okay. for example, if you're going for a job interview, you probably want your nails to be pretty much perfect. You want them to be looking really good. Or if you're going out for a date, or if you're mm. going to a party with friends, or whatever. But if you're going to, say, your job, which has a bunch of cisgender male persons, Mm -hmm. who really don't care about your nails in the first place, then if it's a little bit chipped by Friday, then maybe you can make the judgment call, does that really matter to me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So typically, if my nails may, might develop small, tiny chips, and if I was just going to work, if that was the only activity I had, and assuming there were no women around the office, then maybe I wouldn't really much effort into fixing it but if i was going out with friends or something then yeah i may repaint the nails that are in bad shape okay yeah and then so we have one 
One last step then. Oh. Yeah. So this one is pretty simple. <laughs> Single coat and top coat. Yeah. Wait, wait 10 to 15 minutes. Right. Okay. And so assuming you take 10 minutes for this first coat and you got this bit, you can get through this part in 20 to 25 minutes. And this one is going to be a really rubbish nail polish job. Okay. That this might last you a few hours at best. Wow. Yeah. So this when is... you're when you're painting a nail, how many brush strokes per nail? I mean, obviously they're going to be different with bigger nails than smaller nails, but do you want to just pick like one of my average size fingers? Do you? Yeah. Let's do your index finger. Do you try to do it all in one stroke? Oh, no, no. Well, here, let me, I can just show you the width of the brush. Uh -huh. That looks smaller than the one I saw the other day. Right, so here's this, and here's my nail. I don't know if, can, I don't know if this is picking up on the... Yeah, I can see it. But, it, yeah. I mean, it, it extends once you apply pressure. It becomes wider. Yeah, but nonetheless, it, it is not, it's not wide as wide enough as your nail. for any okay. of my nails. I mean, even my pinky finger might require a couple but i mean it, it is also sort of like it, well it's it's like a it's like a, a coloring book where you've got an outline and you can put your color inside the outline and so if you've got your crayon and you go over a part more than once then mm. as long as you Crayons don't aren't liquid though no but i mean as, as long as you don't glop it on yeah it's not going to be altogether bad okay but I mean, but like a coloring book, typically what I will do is um, sort of color in the middle part and then use finer detail to get right around the edge of, you know, mm. closer to where the lines are, namely my wrinkles in this case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the orange stick. Yeah, orange sticks. I know. So, okay. So in this version then, uh, where it's just the single coat and top coat. So this is no base coat, no second coat. Mm-hmm. So this has several problems inherent in it, among them that one of the things your base coat does is, of course, provide some strength to your nail polish. So you're not going to have that. It's going to be even easier to chip. Mm -hmm. As well, your base coat also serves as a buffer between the color in your nail polish and your nail. So you can sort of depending on what color you're using, you can stain your nails if you're using a really oh, dark wow, color really? without a base coat. Oh, golly. I mean, it's the kind of thing that if you use enough nail polish removal, maybe it'll come out, but uh -huh. it's usually best avoided if you can. Right. So this one, it's going to be a pretty rubbish nail polish job. It, it may last yeah. you a few hours, and like maybe if you go out to drinks with friends and you chip that one nail or whatever... And so, and then of course you got the 10 to 15 minutes. And even then, at that it, it'll probably be dentable, as they say, mm. where it may be dry to the touch, but the kind of thing where if you wrap your finger on a table, you'd be able to dent your polish. But anyway, so yeah, the 10 to 15 minutes at that point, you may be dry to the touch, but for instance, when you're getting your keys out of your purse and so on, mm -hmm. you would still want to be extra careful because you could, it could still be dentable. So of course I still recommend the the full jobby, sure. Which is you know, okay. So maybe it's hour and a half to two hours, but it kind of it works pretty well for me. 
you can kind of cut out steps as you go, but sort of the rule of thumb I go with is that instead of doing 20 minutes, you could do 10 minutes, and then instead of mm-hmm. a second coat, you could just do a single coat. And to be clear, these are all shortcuts. This is not mm-hmm. a way to magically make it take less time. I mean, right. the consequence, okay. of course, is that it's not as durable and so on, and that if you have the time available, I, of course, recommend doing yeah. a full sequence because you really do get the best results that way. Well, thank you, darling. I have to go eat dinner, but I hope you have another good couple of weeks. I hope maybe you have a more positive call with your parents in the in the near future. I hope so. I just... I am... I really struggle with what else I can say to them. Right. Well, because as you, you think... say, cognitive dissonance is the... Well, you didn't say this, but it's the devil. Uh, because, you know, it's it's a, it's a non-Newtonian liquid. Oh my god, it is! So... Yeah! But, and yet, for instance, people who have strongly held core beliefs do sometimes change them. Mm-hmm. That there's some people who uh, believe in a particular religion and then become another religion or become atheists or which are... I can only help but think that statistically it seems likely that my parents will eventually change their mind. Whether I mean, because 20 years from now, I can't really see them still being sticks in the mud about this. And yet, nonetheless, I have no idea what could possibly... Ch- affect that change that's that's a conundrum to me it would be really nice even a lot less than 20 years from now if we could all do a group chat and talk about things but it's going to be a while yeah that would probably be a miracle if i believed in such things (laughs) yeah thank you darling bye good night sweetie love you jay oh i love you too with a fresh accent (laughs) 